Welcome to the Rolling Stone Studs, a podcast about the baddest boys of the British invasion, hosted by your bad boys. It's Pete and PJ. A Beach Boys Boys production. Oh, who's that? Is there a third person on this podcast now, PJ? Well, it might sound like that. That was um, just a professional that I paid to do drops for us. Wow, a professional drop artist. Exactly. That's great. Who, where did you get them from? Uh, what What radio program did you pull them from, man? Uh, it was called um, P.T. Barnum's uh, hour-long circus bonanza. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that was still on the air. I remember it fondly from my childhood, right. but I did not know that was still on the air. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Speaking of old radio shows, have you ever listened to the H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds? Yeah. My favorite. I'm pretty sure I did in college at some point. I looked it up, yeah. I don't know if I listened to the whole thing, but I listened to, like, you know, a good chunk of it. My favorite thing is that, like, supposedly people thought it was real or whatever, but um, they sure. keep being, like, like, he keeps doing the thing. Um, uh, they've just landed. But now... Let's go over to Mr. Peabody and his orchestra. Like, it just plays like a little <laughs> ditty for a while. What is what is the actual yeah. band? Um, I remember reading up on that at some point. Again, probably in college. And yeah, it being a crazy thing where like after a bunch of newspapers started printing it and people started freaking out, like, you know, they got an interview with Orson Welles and he's like, we could not have made it more obvious on air that it was a fake radio play. Right. <laughs> and so how the hell was anyone convinced by this? Like, it, they were not trying in any way to make people think it was real. Right. I mean, it, um, it's, it's very it's so weird. not. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's like one person printed a story in the paper or something that just, like, didn't, I don't know, yeah, didn't realize and then it took off somehow. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, that happens with this show a lot, I think. Yeah. People think a lot of this, the, the yeah. zany, fucked up shit we're saying is our actual opinion, but really, neither of us like the Beach Boys or the right. Rolling Stones. No. Not a em. single one of their songs. They're the worst. They're actually potentially the my least favorite bands I've ever listened to. I'm really more of a guy like. My favorite band, I would probably say, is like 30 Seconds to Mars. Yeah. I. I'm just really a. Anything Leto does, I'm there for. Yeah, I'm a big Reliant K fan, so... Uh, mm, that's good. Sim- honestly, like I feel like we're on the same wavelength there with that, yeah, and that's nice. They're practically the same band. Um, the, 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 this, whole, this whole show has just been one big bit, and we got you fuckers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's weird that we're not waiting till the end. Yeah. <laughs> Because I feel like it'll be hard to keep listening once you realize that we truly don't care about classic rock in any way. Yeah. Um, it's just we thought it would be really ironic to do a podcast about it. And uh, we just we want to be the Yacht Rock guys, but for like 60s rock. Yeah. Basically. Because who doesn't love Yacht Rock? Everyone loves Yacht Rock. Exactly. Getting on your yacht, listening to rock. Yeah. Uh, Ramon Raquello. Uh, n- now we bring you a song by Ramon Raquello and his orchestra. I'm just going to cut to that sometimes. <laughs> I love that. I feel like I would have enjoyed the days when radio plays were a thing. I mean, I wish we should write a radio play and just release it on here where we have the sound effects and everything, like chains jingling and stuff. Yeah. Maybe... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't hate the idea of uh, coming up. This is this would be a lot of work, but coming up with a radio play that is the scene when the Rolling Stones uh, get busted at Keith's Manor or whatever in 1967 yeah. for doing drugs. That'd be cool. That'd be pretty good. It allows us to do all our British accents. Oh, yeah. We could get our friends from other podcasts to uh, play the part of the other fellas. <laughs> yeah, email those guys back who wanted us to do a bit and then never yeah. followed up on it. Let's just email them and then also not follow right. up on it and see how they fucking like That'd it. That'd be great. That's right. Yeah. Well, PJ. Hello, Peter. I have a little a little ditty for you. Oh, 
Later. Are, are you interested in hearing a little ditty? Yeah. I'm very interested. I uh, I was thinking about it over the last couple of weeks, how we haven't... Well, no, we. I would say we haven't done, either of us, a signature parody song this i was gonna say season it's not really seasons uh but when talking about the rolling stones because as everyone knows my california girls parody was went to the top just, of the charts it was like an out of the park home run and then you had to come and top me with a bases loaded out of the park home run with your beach boys rap yeah my diss track and uh this one honestly Really kind of a bunt if we're using the baseball metaphor, <laughs> but I got inspired and I uh, came up with a little little ditty for you, PJ. Oh, lay it on me, Pete. Who wants yesterday's podcasts? Who wants yesterday's shows? Who wants yesterday's podcasts? Nobody in the world After this time I finally learned Who the Rolling Stones were After all this what have I achieved The Beach Boys must be hurt Cause who wants yesterday's podcast Who wants yesterday's shows who wants the Beach Boys boys? Nobody in the world. I'm living a life of constant change. Found a new band, turned a new page. The Beach Boys are too good for me. I need more misogyny. <laughs> Who? Who wants yesterday's podcast? Who wants Brian Wilson? Now we have Brian Jones. He beats women. It seems very hard to be adverse to a band that doesn't even surf. But when they only play blues covers, they come across like any other. Who wants to hear this podcast? Who wants the Rolling Stones? Who wants more of the Beach Boys? Nobody in the world. Brought to you by the Beach Boys, boys. <laughs> you can tell I, my my voice, such as it is, is definitely more in the beach boys range than the the mick jagger range to say it is you know has any grit would be a lie you should have smoked a pack of cigarettes right before and then you could have gotten that jaggery edge to it i should have man that's true that's true i uh the one cigarette i've ever had fucked up my voice so fucking bad so it would have worked exactly it was a good song pete I really appreciate you putting effort into this podcast, finally. I know, right? It's been a while. Uh, it's to make up for the fact that the album we're talking about today is just a piece of shit. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, would you like me to share a little <laughs> fact um, that the sure. listeners might enjoy? Instead of um, turning off my microphone when I have to burp really loud, um, I have just been mm. muting the mic so you can't hear it and it doesn't distract you. So going through and editing... <laughs> We'll just be having a normal conversation. You'll be talking, and then in the middle of a sentence, will be a huge burp. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. Why did he not address it? That sounds right. And then I have to cut it out. <laughs> I think you just leave it in, or you put them, you stack them all up at the end. Yeah, it it would be funny just because it's always right in the middle of you speaking, which <laughs> just sound rude as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, would anyone really question that? I don't think so. But are we that kind of podcast, yeah. Pete? I mean... We're not not that kind I just, of podcast. But are we that kind yeah. of podcast? I just wrote a parody song that 
sucked. So yeah, I think we're that kind of podcast. I thought it was good. It touched on a lot of very important topics. Misogyny. Oh yeah. The Beach Boys. I mean, it said yeah, it said a lot about the Rolling Stones. Namely, they're not the Beach Boys because they're not surf. Uh, they do beat women. <laughs> And they are misogynistic. Didn't Denny... Or at least more misogynistic, yeah. I guess. Didn't Denny beat a woman at one point? Um, I mean, probably. But one that we know It's a good question. About. I get hung up on him marrying Mike's daughter or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So it's second cousin. <laughs> I forget if second... Is that it? Yeah. So I forget if that happened. No. But I mean, it, it honestly seems likely it was an unfortunate period in history where that was probably more common than not, especially with all the drinking and drugs they did. Um, but you know, you know, Herman's hermits never did anything bad. No stand up guys, yeah. those hermits and they kept to themselves. Yeah. We, our next podcast uh, is on Sirius XM. This is our. We need to come up with a theme song for my Sirius XM talk every week because <laughs> I have another Sirius XM thought. Um, on Sirius XM the other day, I think it was it was probably sixties on six. I have to imagine. Uh, but one of the guys from Herman's Hermits is like a DJ. Uh, let oh, me look up which one. Is it the main guy? Yeah, but I don't know any of their names. Herman. So, yeah, Peter Noon. Yeah. Oh, um, Peter Noon. lead singer right. Peter Noon. And I can't tell whether I'm, it was so douchey. He was just like talking about, you know, the sixties man and like in his little break and then went, started playing another song and was like, and here's one from me. And it was like an old Herman Hermit song. But the way he said it was just like, I, you're clearly enjoying yourself very much that you can like do that but it's also like just don't play the herman's hermit songs on yeah. your show right <laughs> what are you doing man leave that for every other dj on serious 60s on six yeah it's so it's so weird he's somebody but. who when you see a video of herman's hermits playing or you look up a picture of peter noon in the 60s he's somebody who sure. now looks like a normal human being but in the 60s I feel like people would be like, oh, Peter Noon was such a good-looking guy, but really he's just the weirdest fucking-looking dude in the world. He looks... As weird-looking as Phil Spector? Mm, he looks like a horse, but a British horse. <laughs> let me let me send you some literature here. Some literature? Is that what you call pictures now, PJ? Yeah. All my Nazi friends call it that, so... Just... <laughs> Did it go to it? <laughs> Uh, he looks like the Styles brother who got forgotten. <laughs> the sixth member of One Direction yeah. that they don't let out on stage. Right. He. Uh, that's a cool suit he's got on. But you know what I mean? Like he, in the '60s, I bet people were like, "He's so good looking." But looking at him now, it's like, no, he was right. not. It's like Brian Jones, actually. Yeah. Well, yeah. People cared less about the. Uh, kind of bowl cut happening and also you know british people they just get away with the bad teeth because it's charming and yeah. that's more power to them i guess it's not even that he has bad teeth they're just huge and clearly now if you look at a picture a recent picture of him he's got veneers he's got normal ass oh really perfect white teeth well he's got all that herman's hermits money <laughs> what can you do with that except get veneers man yeah. that's all you can do with it legally speaking no yeah what what are veneers like i know it's like fake teeth right or it's like fake fronts to your teeth um but then how do they stay so perfectly white wouldn't they get stained by coffee and shit too they're made out of porcelain i believe and so they oh, don't so coffee or shit don't stain them exactly interesting yeah. hmm. peter noon a known shit eater <laughs> he talks about that on Sirius yeah. all the time his show is called shit eat and grin and he's like i mean it literally i love eating shit yeah who who doesn't i mean obviously peter noon does um i would assume gg allen but who knows? who's that gg allen yeah he's a punk rock musician from the 80s and 90s who would like nice. go on stage and like poop in his hand and like throw it in the crowd and oh, like, okay. cut himself up you don't know about nice. gg allen no i don't know gg uh, his sorry father named him jesus christ allen at a young age well, when he was born. Um, 
Yeah. So the youngest age you can be, actually. Um, <laughs> when I was born, but when I was four, my parents named me. <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ, Alan. Like, they wanted to make sure I was really, really the Lord and Savior reincarnated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then he was just this weird punk artist who... Huh. His music's not good enough to necessitate people going to his shows and getting like pooped on, but... I mean, it sounds like that specific situation, it's all about you gotta see him live, man. Just like yeah. the Stones, you gotta see him live. Doesn't even... Their records don't even do them justice. They're just so crazy live. Remember when it was a crazy thing that Iggy Pop like threw peanut butter at people when he was on stage? No, isn't that oh. was Iggy Pop the one who uh, got out of Vietnam by spreading peanut butter on his taint when he went in for his physical? And they I like that- they like asked him to pull down his pants, and he had just like peanut butter slathered everywhere, and they were like okay you're good you can go like they just didn't want to even bother with asking questions or anything at the age of 18 during the vietnam era he reported to the local draft board where he was scheduled for a medical exam a spark of inspiration resulted in the generously endowed iggy appearing naked before the physician with a massive erection oh (laughs) really excused from the service shortly thereafter damn so I, uh, I've heard that peanut butter story. I know I've that. heard the peanut butter thing, but nothing's coming up if I Google peanut butter Vietnam. So. <laughs> <laughs> Draft. Uh, oh, something showed up for Ted, Ted Nugent, Nugent getting out of it yeah. by dropping acid or something on his way to the thing. So he just acted insane. Nevertheless, Iggy Pop used to have people put their hands up at his shows and he would walk on people's hands through the crowd. Okay. And apparently... One time, somebody just raised a jar of peanut butter up from the crowd, and he took it and started throwing it, and it like yeah. was huge news apparently because he was like, "But he's throwing peanut butter at people from the stage." Peanut butter! Oh God, what a yeah! Can you even imagine? That's like the most innocent thing I can think of. And Lenny Kravitz's dick was out. Yeah, and That's Iggy Pop gets in trouble for throwing peanut butter. I know. It's pretty nuts. Who was the, uh, oh, Danny Brown. Danny Brown also got his dick sucked on stage, so. You know. Huh. Peanut butter. We've come a long way from peanut butter, PJ. Um, what year did Danny Brown get his dick sucked on stage? Ooh, good question. I feel like it was pretty recently. It was not when Danny Brown was at, like, his height of fame. Uh, okay. So, let's Cause, say cause it was. Who Danny Brown was, so. Post-2018? Oh, he's a rapper. Yeah, I just I googled it. He's good. Now. He's solid. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's got a crazy voice. And an even crazier dick. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they say. Now, Peter, <clears throat> let me ask you a question. Would you get your dick sucked on stage? Well, I would have to get on stage first. But yeah. let's assume I'm there. <laughs> okay, let let let's say we're doing <laughs> A live episode of the Rolling Stones. Sure, a live Rolling Stones. And as everyone knows, it's this podcast, a real panty dropper. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, No, of course I wouldn't, PJ. I'm a happily engaged man who... uh, What if it was your fiance? That's true. It's technically an open relationship until you say I do. That's that's what I tell her every day. And she's not happy about it, so... I think you may have misheard me. Oh, what'd you say? I said, what if it was your fiance? Oh, oh, I thought you said she's your fiance. Um, you know what, PJ? In that case, I think, I think I'd be fine with it. Love public sex. Oh. Yeah. The idea yeah. of it right now, making me feel like Iggy Pop at a draft, in a draft yeah. uh, physical what about you? Boy, was it physical? Since we're talking about the important stuff right now. Um, blowjobs, to me, hurt my jaw. So, I'd say no. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. All right. I mean, there's good points on both sides. I think that was a worthwhile debate. I think so. We presented all and sides of the it. argument. Yeah. Yeah. And this yeah. has been our segment, Job Talk. <laughs>
Sure. Also, jaw talk, if you know what I mean. Oh, it's even better. That's right, playing a little you mouth harp. weird? I was about to talk about a mouth harp. Sure, it's, it's got to come up. It's the Rolling called, Stones. Weird that it's called a Jew harp, right? Oh, I thought it was jaw harp. So jaw harp is a harmonica. So I guess I was going to talk about... Uh, Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> so, um, you know, like a, like a mouth harp. It's the thing that makes the crazy noise. Um, people refer uh, to... No. I thought a mouth harp was a harmonica. That sounds gross, but uh, I didn't know that that's what that was. All right, cool. I guess I never really yeah. knew what instrument that was. People still call that a Jew's harp. Like, you can yeah. buy one on Amazon, and it's called a Jew's harp. That's kind of fucked up, right? I mean, I feel like... they still call that one plant the wandering Jew. <laughs> That's true. Which is a little weird. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I Why is that a Jewish thing? Was it is it from like Jewish culture? I think of that sound as being very intrinsically like southern music, obviously, like swamp music. Yeah. Well, I imagine somebody who lived in a swamp, not Trek, um, came up with the name because they're like, that sounds like a Jew would be playing it. Sounds you know? like something Donkey would have come up with. Exactly. Yeah. He's classically a very hateful donkey. You know, yes. Yeah. And there's no For doubt. For sure. About Eddie Murphy, one of the least, one of the most hateful men in America. I'd agree. Yeah. Um, I hear he's a racist and he doesn't like black people very much. That's crazy. Uh, I mean, I know he hates cows. Killed a bunch of red ones for that suit. We probably shouldn't go any farther without me doing the only impression that I can do, which is my one-word Shrek impression. All right. Lay it on me. This can be deleted for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I I promise you I won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. just got to hear it. Right. Donkey! <laughs> That's all I got. So that that's Mike Myers. Yeah, but it's Shrek. Yeah, you said it was a, an impersonation of Donkey. No, I said it's my one word Shrek impression. Oh, okay. I misheard you. Yeah. I thought you were going to do a really racist thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's not okay. Excited. I mean, I thought, I thought that's one of too. Shelby's like favorite childhood movies. Um, mm. So it does come up a lot and it made me realize a while ago how much when we were kids, we incessantly quoted that movie and we constantly quoted just all of the donkey's lines because like yeah. he's the comedic part. He's the, he's the part that's supposed to make all the 10 year olds laugh. Uh, exactly. But then it's like, huh, that's potentially problematic depending on how accurately we were trying to do that impression, <laughs> which as little children running know, around as... going like, we're eating waffles and shit. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think it's I'm making I think it's I'm making waffles in the morning. I'm making waffles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was a was a big one. I'd like to hear Eddie Murphy address that the next time he's on SNL. <laughs> How does yeah. he feel about little children impersonating his voice acting? Little white Montana kids. Yes. Yeah. What is it? What are what are Eddie's thoughts? Just love to sit down and have an honest talk with Eddie one of these days, man. We should get him on the show. <laughs> We should, we should get Eddie on the show. Eddie, man. what are your thoughts on the Beach Boys, the Rolling Stones, and little white children doing impressions of Donkey? <laughs> Those are the three main topics like to hit on every yeah. episode. We'll just, I mean, that's our very first question. It's like, and for the next 30 minutes, just kind of go answer each one as you get to it in your head. But yeah. just give us kind of an uninterrupted stream. I hear Iggy Pop asked for that too at his draft physical. Yeah. I think every celebrity would hate if you were like, you know, just just keep it going. We're not yeah. going to interrupt you. Yeah. Who would be the... Yeah. I don't know. Although as someone who used to have a job where I interviewed people a lot, um, there definitely is such a thing as people who talk too much, but on the whole, you would much rather have someone who didn't shut up than someone who you could, who like barely talked. Right. And who was the most famous person you ever interviewed, Peter? 
Are you allowed to say that um, on mic? Yeah, no, I can. Yeah, I mean, it's all like published, the interviews that I've done. So yeah. uh, I would say it is tied between Huey Lewis and Herb Alpert. I did not know you interviewed Herb Alpert. I knew you yes. interviewed Huey Lewis because I was incredibly jealous. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, Herb Our, Alpert was one of the like the last ones that I did almost at the end of that job. It was like only a month or two before I left. You know, his album Whipped Cream and Other Delights is an album that every single person in the world owns on vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. Yeah, I I don't know. I the Herb Alpert interview was kind of funny because I like read a gajillion interviews with him before I did the interview to, you know, figure out what people had asked, what people hadn't asked, all that kind of stuff. Um so I finally like so I did my interview and then it was one of those interviews where I came away from it being like, wow, all we talked about was stuff that like he never talked about with anyone else kind of thing. And then like within the next six months, I think I'd read every single story he told me, like just in different places that just weren't like recent interviews, but just other places online where it's like, oh, okay. So (laughs) he still told me like the same 20 stories that he tells everybody. It just wasn't ones that I'd found within like the last three months, Um, which is kind of funny. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't even ask him about whipped cream and other delights. It just came up when he, he talked about doing Q and A's at the end of his shows, uh, on like the specific tour I was interviewing him about. And he's like, I don't take requests for songs, but I like, I'm happy to talk about whatever they'd like to know about, whether it's me, uh, or like, or my records. Everyone seems to have some type of attitude about the whipped cream and other delights album. (laughs) I just keep it fun. <laughs> like, what do you, what is some, some type of attitude? of attitude? I just, I imagine that as he gets a lot of old dudes who are like, so she was kind of a babe, right, man? You see her tits? Like, <laughs> and Herb's like, I'm touring with my wife and I'm like 80 years old. Fuck out of here. No one cares. Yeah, that was like 60 years ago, bud. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Oh, you go ahead. That was it. I was trying oh. to think of why we were talking about Herb, but I think Hugh Lewis and Herb are the correct answers. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, our next podcast should be Huey Lewis and News about Huey Lewis and the News. That's good. Um, or Huey Lewis and the News News. Um, yeah. And then he is probably the one, one musician we could talk about and probably get him on the podcast. Probably. Although I got Herb Alpert's cell phone number. So like (laughs) it was really weird doing that job as well. It was really crazy how like so you always had to schedule through publicists, right? Right. But then when it came down to like, okay, here's the time for the interview. Here's who you call. Like a lot of times the more famous the artist, the easier or like the more direct line you got. Like Herb Alpert was, they were just straight up like, oh, okay, yeah, he's available at 10 tomorrow. Here's the number you call. But it was like the town I knew he lived in, a cell phone number with that area code where it's like, yeah, that's just his number. And it's just, he just answers and he's like, yeah, I'm just out on my deck. <laughs> You're like, okay, cool, Herb. You should ask him. And then like, he has, oh, go ahead. <laughs> you should ask him if he's, a, text him and ask him if he's ever encountered the Rolling Stones or, you know, has any funny stories about him. I mean, probably he was, I don't know, maybe not like it, it seems like an era where like he, everyone would have run into everybody kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Even though he's like kind of a, in like not as hip music, obviously, but it just seems like they would have, they would have been in rooms together more than one time. Yeah. Um, so you're going to text him, right? You, I know you saved that number. Uh, I mean, it's definitely in an old notebook somewhere, but it's not in my phone as Herb Alpert. Oh. I think the only famous person number I ever saved was April Richardson's because I just, I'm hoping someday that can come up. Ah. Uh, so. A- April Richards. Uh, do you not know? She's a comedian. Um, I'm trying to think, honestly, if I even know her from anything but podcasts, but she's just like one of my favorite people on podcasts like just as a podcast guest i'm disappointed that you didn't save herb alpert's number in your phone just in my phone just so that i could have herb alpert in my phone yeah 
That would be so. That'd be such a cool move. <laughs> um, yeah. I wonder if I saved anyone else famous. Honestly, I don't think so. Like I said, like they're all written down for sure in my notebooks. Uh, but Peter, I think next week, what would top your parody song would be if you found Herb Albert's number mm-hmm. and asked him if he had any funny stories about the Rolling Stones. Yeah, he probably <laughs> he does kind of seem like the guy a guy who would just text back and just be like, yeah, interesting story. And then like text like two paragraphs of the story and then like an hour later go wait who is this <laughs> right like he would not occur to him that it wasn't a friend of his or whatever but like <laughs> yeah because he yeah that's that, pretty awesome that would be awesome fuck if you give me his phone number i'll fucking do it yeah oh i kept the guy from whitney's number in my phone for some reason oh I think same thing of I was kind of like, damn, if I ever like, I didn't like literally how would that come up? But it's like if I could like hang out with him, that seems like it would be fun. (laughs) Yeah. Whitney rules. Yeah. And he was also super nice in like an interview where by the end of it, it was like, I know this is an interview, but are we kind of friends right now? (laughs) Like I like he like weirdly had a bunch of interests that I. Yeah, it was cool. Mm, you that's text it. him too and see if he if he's ever met the rolling stones <laughs> i i feel like i can be positive that they haven't that seems like it would be insane like when would whitney end up i mean like maybe at a grammys thing ish but like i don't know seems unlikely i feel like keith richards is always hanging out with like cool people like that but i don't know that's true you think keith richards is going out of his way to hang with all the uh the young well, indie maybe, bands. Well, I think he gets a lot of his blood from the young indie bands, right? Yeah, that's true. He's got to get that young, that young, that fresh blood. Most uh, most old people mean that metaphorically. They're like interested Not in deep. the fresh, the fresh new artists of the time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Keith means it quite literally. Quite literally. PJ, do you want to get into flowers? Yeah, speaking of Keith. Speaking of Keith. Flowers! Let's get into it. PJ, I got you flowers. Oh, oh wait. Shucks, I, I brought you some flowers. I'm really, my quotes are really off today. It's, it's I brought you some flowers. God damn it. Oh, well. I don't even know what you're talking about. So. It's from that thing you do. I thought for sure you'd remember that one. Uh, at the very end, when they're sitting in the diner, uh, Lenny goes to like meet his lady to drive to Las Vegas to elope, and oh, he yeah. grabs the flowers yeah, yeah. off the table, like that are the centerpiece, yes, and then goes outside yeah. in the background. I brought you flowers. Can we talk yeah. about how that thing you do is the greatest movie ever made? And I yeah. like, it's fantastic. I've had a lot of favorite movies. That has always been at the top of the list. It's the it's, best yeah. movie. It's really perfect. Speaking of, speaking of the hermits, hermits, am I right? Yeah. I don't know why. If you have not seen that thing you do, <laughs> if you've not seen that thing you do, um, and you have listened to our podcast this many episodes through, fucking go watch it. You would love yeah, it. Yeah, you would love it. Yeah. That movie really does have a lot of, like, the, the best lines in, in any movie. Yeah. This one time and we me. stayed up way after midnight. <laughs> Did you have you ever watched the extended version of that movie? Yes, where Tom Hanks's character is a gay man and his yeah. um his his boyfriend is that famous football player whose first name is Howie. Howie Long. Yes, playing the astronaut of all things. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say is the astronaut, but then you're right that it's that guy is the actor. Um Howie Long? Is that it? Yeah, yeah he's on Yeah. Like every yeah, football uh thing. Uh, like halftime talk show thing. Um, yeah, that's the only scene in the extended cut that could have been left in because, oh boy, the rest of the extended cut kind of sucks. It's not bad. It's just not what I'm used to, you know? I mean, I went in with really high hopes. I feel like I had like 
read somewhere that the extended cut was good and worth watching and so like was very excited but it just i mean it at least at least the extended cut explains why he keeps saying i am spartacus over and over again but it does so in a way that it's then like the whole first half of the movie is just about him being obsessed with spartacus instead of about the band it's very odd like he's way too into spartacus Right. That so that I remember from the extended cut, and yeah. then there were more scenes with uh, Charlie Theron, and that's right. all I remember. I think that's it. most of it. Is like early on when they're setting up all the characters. There's like two or three yeah. long scenes with him and Charlize hanging out, and one of them is them watching that movie together, and he then starts quoting "I am Spartacus" over and over again. Yeah, it does make more sense that Charlie Theron is in that movie then, because in the like. Yeah. Not extended cut. She gets maybe three minutes. Well, and then same with the Spartacus yeah. thing where he like keeps saying it yeah. and you're like, why? why? What is he doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, why does he care? And what does it mean? But yeah. Yeah. I feel like that scene could have been left in just the one where they're watching it. Right. But, you know. Although, to be honest, it still doesn't really make any sense because it's just no, like, that's just a quote you like. So you're saying it in places that have no context that have anything to do with that movie. <laughs> right yeah it's very odd but nevertheless a great movie fantastic flowers let's get to flowers Flowers. pj such an exciting day this is our last compilation album ever ever that we're going to talk about the rolling stone i know they did it they finally did it london and decca got together they sat down at a table they finished jerking each other off finally and got over it they got over themselves and decided we're just gonna release like one album a year and maybe less occasionally from the rolling stones and we're not gonna do this dumb u.s only compilation thing album shit yeah and they decided to go out with probably the stupidest one yet (laughs) uh which I say because like four of the songs on this album have already appeared on U.S. albums, so why are they on the U.S. compilation album of Odds and Ends? (laughs) That's so stupid. It's not even like we'll get into it. It just makes zero sense, and that was it's really weird listening to this. So yeah, so it's partially. I mean, like a lot of the uh, American kind of compilation ones, it's a bunch of the songs that have only come out on the U.K. albums. Uh, it's a couple unreleased songs, which I actually don't know if we've had like straight up unreleased songs showing up on albums so far yet, but either way, um, also weird, uh, for the stones because Lug and the, the boys actually like put work into this album in a weird way, like were involved in it and cared seemingly about what it sounded like, which is really odd. So it's kind of the first-ish time they're doing that uh, yeah. for a compilation album, which is interesting. You know, maybe it's the kind of thing where they were like, we thought we hated these, but now that they're going to be gone, we're going we're gonna to miss them. And then, yeah, they got really yeah. sentimental. Um, so Lug worked really hard on the cover and, like, album title and everything. Um, and they, like, actually had a lot of input on the track list and everything. This is, I will say, um, one of the better uh, album covers they've had thus far. Yeah, it's very unique. And, like, I feel like even almost unique for the time. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's not true. But it's a very weird album cover in general. The flowers part is weird just because it's very generic. Um, uh, It's just, like, a very what you would expect, like psychedelic uh kaleidoscope font happening right and that's the whole like bottom half of the record but then the top half is all five of their faces in these little ovals and then they have like real flower stems coming up to them like they took a photograph yeah. for the cover um with the flower stems coming up so it's pretty and cool my favorite thing is that they didn't get an artist to like draw them as flowers or like do a nice watercolor painting of them as flowers like the revolver cover where it's like all of their drawings they just took pictures and tinted them yellow and red Mm -hmm. yeah it does seem like 
they definitely cared more than usual about what the album cover was going to be, but they didn't yeah. care that much. Yeah. No. Um, also, while we're looking at the cover, you'll notice that Brian's stem doesn't have any leaves and kind of looks all withered, uh, which apparently Mick and Lou did as a fun prank. Because as we know, the Rolling Stones being funny is just, they're just such cut-ups, man. Um, Always making everyone laugh with their, with their pranks. Um, that just seems like it kind of a dick move. <laughs> yeah, I read a funny review that was like, it's kind of a funny idea until Brian died two years later. And you're like, oh yeah, right. yeah, good point. <laughs> Although that's like right, all of it... them being terrible to him and kicking him out of the band is then it's like, then he fucking commits suicide. So, or doesn't, we don't know. My, my thing is like, there are so many Beatles things that's like, Paul is dead because he was wearing his shoes and he's smoking a cigarette. But yeah. it's like, Brian Wilson, not Brian Wilson, Brian Jones they like gave a dead flower to and then he fucking right. died they literally they predicted it man i mean there probably was that too it just maybe didn't have the uh the hold on their um their mythology like the beatles ones did um so this compilation was either just a cash grab by london uh, as all the compilations kind of were, obviously. Yeah. Or some people view it as kind of a tongue-in-cheek fu to the concept albums that were coming out at the time, like Sgt. Pepper's, for example, uh, and the like overwrought psychedelia, and the Stones being like, we can just release a whole bunch of B-sides and it'll be good. Uh, but that argument seems really stupid because they come out with satanic majesty's request in like three months. Right. Yeah. Which is their overwrought psychedelic concept album. So I don't know where people are going to flowers. Flowers inspires some weird opinions, man. I found quite a few reviews from various, you know, online classic rock blogs that first of all, almost all of them defended it really uh, really hard like we're like it's a perfect album it's one of the best of the rolling stones early years that kind of thing um it's not a real album which i found interesting yeah and then also a lot of people were like yeah uh, quite a few references to the idea that the stones were like purposefully wanting to release it um as this you know yeah kind of satirical stab at the rest of the music industry and then um yeah. it's just weird i don't it no it's not true basically uh like here's a good example um in the rolling stone album guide uh the magazine's album guide not an album guide for the rolling stones don't get it right. don't okay. get it twisted i got confused yeah i was very confused um the person who did that write up which yeah like flowers is in it first of all but anyway <laughs> Yeah. They called Flowers one of the Stones' best records, a concept album about the social scene that gathers around five rich young men with an appetite for sex, drugs, and gossip. Which is every Rolling Stones record, <laughs> right? Yeah, literally all of them. Like, if you're gonna use a concept album that's that loose, then it's like, that is literally every Stones album. Like, they never, I don't, I mean, we haven't gotten that far into their career, but it you know, feels like the they're a band... Is- that we'll never not write that's about. That's also every Motley Crue album, every <laughs> Van Halen album. Like, yeah, it's just a... such a weird thing, and also such a weird thing to like take this album so seriously. seriously but like... one thing I did kind of see as a through line: it appeared to be a lot of older people's who were actually alive at the time, a lot of people's first Stones album that they bought. Um, Interesting. Like, I think. Obviously, they were a big band before now, but um, this, for some reason or another, this does seem to have been a lot of, uh, yeah, entryways into the Stones. So, like, obviously, I get people having nostalgic feelings for it, but it is it is weird that it's, uh, like, has this kind of retrospective um, glow to it, because I did not find that it did to me. <laughs> yeah, so. and, you know, we may just be cynical because we've listened to all of this stuff within the last two months right i don't know it's not even like put together well no um 
this is also the weirdest concept album or concept compilation album <laughs> to me because yeah. like as we just or as i talked about a few minutes ago like it is it leads off two of the first three songs are like the two hit singles that were on their album that came out like three months ago yeah like the the this same and year. like why yeah why the hell is this their th- it's just I mean, it's so, I feel like, obviously a cash grab just because if they weren't just going for the money, why would they put these, like, two huge hits on it when it just came out? It's so fucking odd. Yeah, I don't... So. um, Maybe I'm revealing too much of what I think about Flowers already, but no. it's not... Uh... We may have already revealed that. I think we said something about it last week. I mean, I guess maybe they were just thinking that since Ruby Tuesday like was a number one hit, but I mean, I get like, in the 50s and 60s, it was definitely a thing to put hit songs on like more than one record that an out al- that an artist yeah. released. Um, like Dream a Little Dream of Me by uh, Mamas and the Papas and then also by like Cass Elliot. I mean, it's it's one of those where only Cass Elliot sings on it. So that came out on like two Mamas and the Papas albums, I think, and then also on like three Cass Elliot solo albums, and it's just the same recording, and they just kept releasing it because it was such a popular song. Um, well, well, I mean, so, even the Beach Boys did that. I feel like like they had a solo, they had a yeah. song that came out as a single, and it was also on like two or three different albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, um. But it's also weird. I mean, I guess it kind of worked because Flowers has like this kind of cult following. But um, it did hit number three on the Billboard charts, which I just checked. But and Between the Buttons went to number two. So whatever. Interesting. It's weird. Uh, yeah. So I went to number three and it came out in June 67. So if you think they were also trying to take advantage of the whole summer of love thing. Maybe they were right. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do a little track by track through all the songs we've heard before? You know, I would love nothing more than to do that. Um, starting off strong with a song I love and you hate, Ruby Tuesday. <laughs> she would never yeah, I unfortunately don't like this song more the more I hear it so far. I, I love this song. The verses are fantastic. I love the chorus. While the sun is bright, or in no one I don't know how long we should be playing the songs for, because we've heard all of them. True. Just any the anytime you want to move, yeah. Move on. Ruby Tuesday. It's a great song, Peter. Sure. So, you know, are you familiar with the Carly Simon song, um, You're So Vain? Of course I am. Who's not? And so, so you know, Jagger sings the backup on it, and in, mm. in, the, uh, in the chorus at the end, uh, and there's a part where he goes, Don't you, don't you. And he says you really weird. And I wish he did that here. Yeah. Now I'm gonna miss you. (laughs) Anyway. Have you seen your mother, baby? Standing in the shadow? This one does sound good, like on an album. It's a good song. It's a really good song. It's It's kind of unfortunate that this and like, uh, 19th nervous breakdown and get off my cloud and stuff were kind of lost in an era where they weren't throwing them on albums yeah um like in this one year period between aftermath and out of our heads i guess yeah um, um but yeah this one's fantastic whoa are those horns i hear is that herb albert yeah yeah he played How trumpet session on it. work do you think herb did probably a lot right or like almost none. I forget. Um, I could kind of look through. I, I feel like a lot. 
Well, he found his own label, founded his own label, A&M. Right. Really, really early. I feel like it was like 1964 or something. And I mean, obviously, he probably played a lot before that, but... Maybe, I mean, I'm sure he did do a ton, just because any trumpet player would have had to do a lot. Session work, yeah. Yeah, because, like, um, it's yeah, not like going to be recording ass. solo trumpet shit. <laughs> All right. Let's spend the night together. Also, I apologize last week. Last week, I kept saying... You made me look the fool, PJ. I did. Um, it's the same version. I just, through my headphones, couldn't hear... Um, the stereo i mm. i could only hear like the right channel yeah so it sounded very different to me that's what they call fox news yeah. um great song fantastic feel like i just heard it i don't know how or where but yeah sounds familiar weird. these three songs do sound really good together i will say they do yeah. it has a very strong start and then like maybe this should have just been the start to the U.S. between the buttons. Honestly, that would have been great. <laughs> What's funny is that like because this has a two between the button songs from you from the U.K. version on the back half, and so it's like this really is yeah. like what is it? it it's like one been. third between the buttons already. So yeah. it's very weird. And then they have Lady Jane, which it's fine. Yeah, I Again, I like this song. It's I just I don't understand the Rolling Stones' love of putting slow songs like right up right top in an album. A good hype, yeah. And then out of time. Oh yeah, so uh, this is a different version. It's a three minute a little bit. forty second version. Yeah, they just kind of fade out after the like third chorus. I thought I would like this right. because I remember on Aftermath thinking that this was a good song it just felt a little long because it's like five and a half minutes or something on aftermath yeah uh but the short version i don't like very much it just i think i i think i do want the long version i still liked it i don't know if i liked it more but it's still not a bad song it's a good song it just i mean obviously like a three minute song is decently long it just kind of felt like it faded out after it wasn't there for all that long but yeah um, then we got my girl. Oh yeah, this one dusted up. This was recorded, I think, in '65, and was you know back when they were doing all their R and B covers. They uh, I don't know why anyone would have dug this up. Have we heard this yet? No, unreleased. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we thought that other uh, Sam Cooke cover was really bad yeah. what song was that <laughs> the really upbeat one um, yeah um they also did an otis redding song that we did not like. yeah they did a couple otis but, reddings that were bad but like i don't know like i don't know what version they were doing the temptations or Smokey robinson yeah but don't the song is like it's not good it yeah. already has a famous cover like you don't need to do it as like five British white dudes. Um, good times. That's right. By Sam Co. And it's like this is the same thing that I thought about that, which is like, why are the Stones singing like a very upbeat, sweet love song? That's just not no. their vibe at all. It makes no sense. It is weird that early on that that's what they were trying to do. Yeah. It's so dumb. So yeah, this it's, is. Yeah. It's bad. Backstreet Girl. Yeah, starting out the the side B. Um, still great. I still like it. Yeah. A hell Honestly, of a lot. Really good start to a B side. Yeah. Yeah, this is a pretty fantastic song. I I still love this. I don't know if this is in a Wes Anderson movie. I don't think it is, but it should be if it's not. It seems like the kind of song that would I think be. the other one I read was uh, in an early one that I haven't seen. The really, maybe the Royal Tenenbaums. Um, oh, which the Royal Tenenbaums? That movie's great. I weirdly, I really, I do like him, but I've only seen like from Moonrise Kingdom on, I think. 
Ah, or maybe maybe I've Fantastic Mr. Fox was older. I forget, but Fantastic Mr. Fox is older than Moonrise Kingdom. Okay, yeah. Then from that on is all I've seen of his. Really? Yeah. They're all really good. Oh, I did see actually in a film class of all things. We watched Bottle Rocket for some reason. I forget why. His very first movie, and I remember yeah. liking that. Okay. I didn't like it's love good. it, love it, but I remember the liking Wilson it. Brothers, yes. which are not the Wilson brothers we talked oh, yeah. about on the Beach Boys. But doesn't he also do that in the Darjeeling Limited? Aren't all three of them in that? No, the Darjeeling Limited is um, Owen Wilson, uh, Jason Schwartzman, and oh. um, Adrian Brody as brothers. Oh, I thought. Oh, okay. Never mind. That's what I was thinking. The of. Darjeeling Limited. You know what's weird? We talked about. Um, about that thing you do which is my favorite movie Darjeeling Limited close second I love it really I saw it as a much younger man and remember just kind of thinking it was fine but maybe I should revisit it uh, I really love that movie anyway um, please go home Uh, She Smiled Sweetly is the one that's in a Wes Anderson movie yeah Uh, this song still really rules I actually like almost this might be in like a top 10 of the stone songs so far for me man this thing is so good really i don't know i really love it i mean i know they technically have like much better songs this one's kind of more of just an idea of a song but (laughs) it's so good i think it's good it's good it's i wouldn't categorize it like how you just did but (laughs) yeah i guess a top 10 is kind of crazy they have some really good songs but you said it might be your favorite well no i said in a top 10 oh okay yeah all right mother's little helper great song i will say like <clears throat> when we did our little our like 1965 I think it was best ofs we were talking about how the songs were didn't really sound like they meshed together like in this ideal album that we made um right and flowers weirdly does kind of work together even though it's like a lot of songs that do are a bunch of weird genres but it feels cohesive yeah, I mean, certainly more so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, it, it's not jarring at all. Yeah. Except um, Lady Jane. Yeah. Anyway, take it or leave it. This didn't need to reappear. <laughs> no. I know they're trying that to throw all the UK, thought. you know, unreleased US tracks on here, but it's, uh, no. Um, right on, baby. So this is the first of two... Well, oh wait, no, My Girl, I guess. But this one and the last track are totally unreleased up to this point. Okay. This one's Um, okay. I don't mind it. It's not... it, It was a song where I had to look to see if it had been on anything i had heard before yeah it does feel like one that they probably cut while putting together an album because it just sounded too similar to other songs that they had already had that were maybe better yeah it does with the Um, like harpsichord i think that is riff happening it does sound very like rubber soul which yeah was their whole thing right now um also speaking of the Rolling Stones and the Darjeeling Limited, um, Play With Fire is a song that I believe oh. is featured in the Darjeeling Limited. Nice. And that might be why I like that song so much and you don't, because it's mm-hmm. like this really nice scene. Yeah. Interesting. And that makes so, sense. Like, when, I, when I hear that song, I think of that, and I'm like, man, what a fucking good movie. Yeah. Um, the, the harpsichord does sound good. Yeah. All right, and as the last song, Sitting on a Fence. I really like this song, actually. 
I thought you would. Really? Interesting. That's kind yeah. of funny. Yeah, I mean, it's not, like, incredible. Like, I don't think I'm, I don't know. I'll honestly probably forget about it in a couple weeks, but I like it. Like, it's definitely, it was definitely the best song on Flowers, just that we hadn't heard before. It, it, mm, is it the best one we haven't heard? <laughs> okay, it's close. I get it. No, it's good. Um, I like this song, but it it sounds too much like the beat. Like they're trying to be the Beatles. This one seems less to me than the last one, honestly. Uh, interesting. I don't know See, I why exactly, opposite. but yeah, huh. interesting. Hmm. Huh? Pretty good. Yeah. And that has been flowers. It, it's a bummer think, that they PJ? put it. It was fine. Um, yeah. You know, I do think. I'm just annoyed that it's a compilation album that like was released as like a real album. That drives me crazy. Yeah. Um. However, that being said, not bad. Not bad for a compilation album. Yeah, I mean, it's it's solid. Like, the Rolling Stones definitely have, as we've talked about, like, some of their compilation style, like, U.S. releases have been pretty decent. Uh, you know, there's been some highs and lows. Like, December's Children was a real a low. I would probably put this along similar with December's Children in that, like, there's really... Like, unless you feel like you need to have every Rolling Stones album in your possession, there is zero reason to, you know, to listen to this album, really, or to... Yeah. I mean, yeah, for, like, a collector to have every single vinyl yeah. that the that the Rolling Stones released. But otherwise, no, it's not an album I'm going to listen to again, probably. No, because I was just thinking, like... Yeah, every song that's on there that is worth listening to is either on Between the Buttons, uh, the UK Aftermath, or like uh, their greatest hits. Because I'm just thinking mostly yeah. of Have You Seen Your Mother, Baby. It's like maybe the only. Yeah, that's the only one that hasn't been. But like I think I said yeah. at the beginning, 40 Licks is a pretty good album, and that might yeah. be on there. So like, I think it it's on yeah. my best of the Gur one, so. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it should it, be. It, it, I think it was a pretty decent hit. I think so charts. too. Um, so, like, if you're an intermediate Stones fan, it just makes sense to have yeah. forty licks and like. Um, what would you rate it, PJ? See, this one is hard for me. I'd like you to go first because okay. let me give a reason. Sure. I I didn't dislike listening to it. Um. There were some songs True. where I was like, fucking this one again. But it wasn't a bad listen. Like we were saying, as far as a compilation album goes, it, the songs kind of fit together more so than uh, the last compilation we heard. Yeah. Um, we, so, you know, it's hard. I'd like you to go first. Yeah. Um, I agree with you that it's not unpleasant to listen to, but uh it just feels like so inessential given that there's only three new songs on it. And yeah. And like, I mean, we're yeah. not in the days anymore of having, of not being able to access the UK versions of the album. So it's just like really a pointless album. Uh, I'm going to give it a four, like maybe a three, but like you said, it's like a decent listen as a full album. So I guess a four. Yeah. I was thinking a four or a five. Yeah. Um, I think I was going to say five, but the fact that it's a compilation album that came out as a real album really annoys <laughs> me. So I'm going to say four. Is this now, PJ, is this the third album in a row that we have had the same rating for? I believe. Is this so, a friend. new Beach Boys Boys uh, Rolling Stones studs record? Um, Let me look at what our aftermath was. Be. Yes, it is. Yeah. Wait, now I, I want to know even... if we said the same thing about Out of Our Heads. No, never mind. Okay. And December's Children. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because hmm. we gave uh, Aftermath and Between the Buttons sevens. 
both of us. Yeah. So. In- that's very interesting because I know. I wonder how long this is going to last never for. Never agreed. Yeah. I don't know. I have this uh, weird sneaking suspicion that I'm going to love their ma- Satanic Majesty's request. So, and that yeah. you will hate it. Have you Have you already listened to it? I just feel like that's how it's But then that's kind of what I thought was going to happen on Between the Buttons and we ended up feeling the exact same about it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um I guess we'll see. We will see. Next week on the Rolling Stones studs. On the Rolling Stones studs. Well, PJ, let's spend the night together and get out of here, man. (laughs) Yeah. Let's. You know, Pete. Yeah, PJ. I'll see you on the other side of that wave. See you... when When that stone has rolled away and you come back out of that tomb yeah hopefully three days later three doors down man another one of my favorite bands yeah A Beach Boys Boys production.